Okay, we're ready to begin. And uh, this is for Rufus Shleiman for Leah Bas Esther and Tzvidav Ben Gittel. So this week's Pasha is Pasha Shuma. The topic that we're going to talk about is uh, women participating in a minion and women's minyanim. Uh, the way we're going to connect to the topic is going to be a little bit specious, but not so much. Um, it says in this week's Pasha, it says, It says, you should make for me a mikdash and I will dwell and I will, I will be amongst you. Mikdash means a sanctuary. So the Orachayim HaKadosh, Rabbi Reb Chaim Atar, asks in his commentary, what is it, with the, it says in the Torah there, in that same passage, it, it refers, actually in that passage it says, Vasali Mikdash, it refers to the base of Mikdash as a Mikdash, which means a sanctuary. Then the next passage refers to it as a Mishkan, as a tabernacle. So he asks the question, what's the difference between a Mishkan and a tabernacle? And he answers, that the word Mishkan refers only to the, uh, the apparatus, the tabernacle that was built in the desert. So if the Torah would have just used the word Mishkan, I would have thought that all you have to do is build a sanctuary for Hashem or a Mishkan for uh, a tabernacle only in the desert. Therefore, the Torah used the word Mishkan, Mikdash, to say that Mikdash is a mitzvah to build a base, I mean, to build a sanctuary, to build a dwelling place for Hashem, any place even if it's not in the desert, even if it's in Eretz Yisrael, and even if it's not in Eretz Yisrael, even if it's in Golis, even if it's in the exile. That's what the Orachayim says. So the Gemara, as we mentioned many times in Tractate Megillah on page 29a, says that a shul, a Beis HaKnesses, is referred to as a Mikdash Miat. It's a miniature, a small Mikdash, a small sanctuary. So if we marry together, no pun intended, the Orachayim HaKadosh, and uh, this Gemara, then we can possibly say that the mitzvah to build the Beis HaMikdash, at least in the, in the spiritual sense, in the spirit sense, in the spirit of the law, is also fulfilled by building a shul. Right? Because the, since the mitzvah goes on, even when we're in exile, even when we are no longer in Eretz Yisrael, and even after Sadi Orachayim, we've built the Beis HaMikdash, and it was destroyed in uh, Yerushalayim, right? So perhaps maybe we can fulfill that mitzvah according to the Gemara in Tractate Megillah, page 29, that says that every shul is considered to be a miniature based on Megdash. Okay? Now, so how do we... Is that uh, if, yeah, it's a place to daven, yes, a Megdash, yeah. Okay. The Gemara specifically talks about... Uh, does it say uh, based on Megdash? Because um, I'm saying you don't always dominate, you learn there, and uh, maybe it's different because the dominant was actually in place of the Kavanos. Right. So maybe it's only where you actually dominate. So the Gemara says, on page 29a, the Gemara says that there is a uh, pasuk in, there is a pasuk in uh, Yechesko 11. It says, Ba'elahem mm-hmm. l'miktash mi'atam, Rabbi Yitzhak, Rabbi Yitzhak said, so it's all, not only the base, it's not only a, a shul, but also a study hall. Okay? So by building a shul, by building a, um, a base of medrash, we fulfill that mitzvah that's in this week's parsha, at least in the spirit of the law. Maybe not in the technicality of the law, but in the spirit of the law. So that brings us to our topic, as usually we have used this to be an introduction to speak about matters that pertain to shul, matters that pertain to the base Haknesis. And one of the matters that pertains to the basic is having a minion. Uh, and, and so recently, within the last 30, 40 years, actually the issue has been as, as old as 700 years, uh, the, uh, the issue has come up with women participating in a minion and women being part of a minion. This has become a very sensitive, emotional topic. And uh, we'd like to, this evening, perhaps maybe um, stir the pot a little bit, perhaps maybe to uh, familiar, uh, um familiarize ourselves with some of the issues involved. Okay? Now, there, there are, the material that's involved in this topic is vast. A lot of different details, a lot of different opinions, a lot of different articles and blogs. Um, and so it's, it's very difficult to cover every aspect, but like I said, we're going to try just to perhaps maybe focus on the crux of the issue or some of the, some of the issue and uh, have an idea of what... what, what, what uh, What's happening? So, um, people like Rabbi Frimer, Rabbi Frimer, Rabbi Arya Frimer wrote a, uh, an article for Tradition already in the summer of 1988. He's the Ethel and David Resnick Professor of Active Oxygen Chemistry and Chairman of the Department of Chemistry at Bar-Ilan University. He wrote an article about women in, entitled "Women in Minion." Rabbi J. David Weiss, professor in uh, Cordoba Law School. 
Rabbi Jeter Blechem, Kardozo Law School, um, professor and Rebbe, Rosh Hashiva, in his book, his uh, five-volume, I think, I forgot how many volumes he has, of Contemporary Halachic Problems, I think maybe in volume one, chapter five, page 114, wrote an article about, in general, women, and then in the middle of that, on page 115, he talks about women's, uh, women's minyanim. Okay, there are blogs such as Torah Musings and Hirhurim, which is uh, the talk about these issues. It's a, it's, a, it's a conversation. There's also other, you know, the conservative movement has, a, has an opinion about this. It's published. There are uh, published uh, opinions and discussions from all streams of Judaism. Okay, so we just want to talk about the basics. And the basics include two aspects. One is the halacha, which is Jewish law. And the other one is the reasoning behind the Jewish law. Now, the truth is, even though the two are connected, because the reasoning is really what drives the, 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 the halacha, and vice versa, actually, they both drive each other. They're both a manifestation of the other. However, however, the, uh, really, the two don't meet. The two don't, the twain shall never meet. Even though we might, uh, the, the, the halacha is the halacha, whatever it is, the way that it's derived is exactly the same way that law is derived from a law book. And it doesn't change, regardless of the reasons and whether the reasons apply. The reasons, though, help us understand what the halacha is all about, and the reasons might be not conclusive. They might, the reasons might be uh, reasons that satisfy. They might be reasons that satisfy partially. And so, so first, we're going to try to clarify the halacha, and then maybe perhaps offer some reasons for the halacha and uh, discuss it. Okay? After that brief, brief, brief introduction, the first matter at hand is to discuss the source, the origins for the requirement of having a minion of a tzibur in a shul. So the, uh, the Gemara tells us in Tractate Megillah on page 23b and in Tractate Brachos on page 21b, the Gemara says that any dover should be kedusha, anything that is uh, holy, anything that such as barhu and Kaddish, and Shimon uh, Esrei, these type of things, any Dovish Bikidusha requires 10 people. How do we know this? Regular davening isn't Bikidusha? Right, right. There are certain things that are classified as Dvorim Shibikidusha. Dvorim Shibikidusha. The Mishnah in, uh, Mishnah, uh, in Megillah, um, page 23b, in the same place, uh, gives a list of some of the Dvorim Shibikidusha, such as such as, like we said before, uh, Kaddish and uh, Baruch and, and things like that. So, one second, one second. One second, one second. So, so the, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, how do you know that you require a minion? The Gemara says, we have psukim. We have verses in the Torah that we derive it from. The Gemara says, hi, what are the verses in the Torah? Because it says like this. It says in Parshas Emor, it says, V'nikdashti v'sof meisol, I shall be sanctified amongst the Jewish people. The word disok, which means in the midst of, or amongst the Jewish people, also appears in a different place in the Torah. It says, in Parshas Korach, Hibadlu mitoch ha'eda, you shall distance yourself from the congregation. Now the word eda also appears somewhere else in the Torah, in Parshas Shlach, when it says, Av Masai la'eda harahados, approximately. Until when will it be for this evil congregation? So the rabbis connect the words toch. There are three psukim. Toch, toch, and the second toch has ada in it, and then they connect ada to it. So the way that the rabbis do it, I can uh, show it on the marker, is it says, I just write it in the, in the Hebrew, in one positive it says the word toch, one, in another positive it says the word toch, and it says the word ada. And in another politic, it says the word Ada, right, as we said. This is by the uh, sanctification of God's name. Sanctification of God's name. This is, by, uh, Korah, uh, this is by Korach, the rebellion of Korach, and this is by the spies. This is by the spies. So we see that the word, the sanctification of God's name, which can loosely be translated to sanctification, which Dvarim Shibikdusha, anything that requires sanctification in God's name, such as the example that we have given of Kaddish, Kaddish and Baruch Hu, 
and 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 davening, right? Re, uh, is connected with the word toch in, in and the word eden, which means congregation in Parshas Korach. And by the spies, the spies are called an Ada. So it says that this Ada, the congregation, is evil. How many spies were there? There were 12 spies. There were 12 spies. And those 12 spies, two of them were not evil. Yeshua and Kolei, that leaves 10. So we see that the Vinikdashti, the sanctification of God's name, takes place with 10 individuals. So the Gemara says, you see from here that you require 10 people for Dvar and Shiva Kedusha. That's the way. That's the, the, the that's the way the drushes work in the Torah. That's the way drushes work in the Torah. That there are similar words that are used in Sukkim that connect the words to each other to uh, to lace a message through uh, through the uh, through the common verses. Could that be a double gezerah over there? No, it's it's, it's not, not a double gezerah. It, it might be a double gezerah, but there's nothing wrong with that because it's all one connection. Okay. Yeah, so that's what that's what the uh, the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara says, and this is the Gemara says this, and the Ran in his commentary on the the Ran in his commentary on the, in the Megillah on the aforementioned page in his commentary on the Mishnah says that this is not a real drasha. Because if this would be a real drasha, which means a real derivation from the Torah, then this would be a Torah requirement. Right. Since davening and all the things that we're talking about, Kaddish, are rabbinic in nature, this cannot be a real drasha. Therefore, says the Ran, the rabbis really instituted that there should be a requirement for these things, that ten people should have to participate, that ten people have to participate. And in order for us to remember that ten people have to participate, they attached their 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 requirement, their law to this drasha, which is called in Hebrew it's called an asmachta. It's asmachta means that it's it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, leaning on it, so to speak, or it's close to it, mm-hmm. right? So as you remember, so it's rabbinic in nature, and it's not really a real bona fide source in the Torah. There's a lot of different uh, asmachtas in the Torah. So therefore, the Ran says that the requirement to have ten people for a minion. For Dvarim Shibikidusha is of rabbinic in nature, and the rabbis attached it to uh, these psukim in the Torah, in these parshas. Okay? This conclusion of the Gemara is codified in the Court of Law in Orachayim by Rabbi Yosef Karel in the, in, in the Court of Law in the Shulchan Arach, in number 55.1. And the, he says, right, Oimim Kaddish. We say Kaddish. You don't say it with less than 10 males who are free, meaning as opposed to slaves. Gedolim, there are bar mitzvah, that they have reached puberty, who are in the Kedusha. The same thing applies for Kedusha or Baruchu. And Baruchu, they are not said with less than uh, 10 people. Mishnah Brewer number 5 points out, who are in the whole Chazor Sashatz. This applies to the whole repetition of the Shmonetz, which is the Chazor, you need 10 people, the Mikri Dabr Shabikidusha, that's called a Dabr Shabikidusha, Mipnea Kidusha Shishpo, because it has Kidusha in it, because we say Kaddish in it. Okay? There are other things that qualify as a Dabr Shabikidusha, but this conclusion of the Gemara is codified as law, and the Beis Yosef in his commentary in this halacha assumes that the Gemara means men. Because that's what he says, men, zecharim, it should be males that are free. Now, why does he make that assumption? There is variants of the explanation. One of them is the Shulchan Aruch Harav, the old Lubavitcher Rebbe, in his uh, Shulchan Aruch, in the aforementioned number, number two, who says that there is a very simple explanation to this. Since the derivation, or since the asmachta, is attached to the spies, and the spies were males, therefore, therefore it must be that the base Yosef is making an assumption that it must be that the base Yosef is making the assumption or, or making a derivation that it has to be men. And therefore he paskins the halacha, he decides for, uh, for halacha that there can only be ten men that participate in the minion. So in accordance with this uh, conclusion, in accordance with this conclusion, there is no place and there is no room at all whatsoever, unfortunately, for, uh, for women to participate as a minion or to have their own minion. Oh, or, but just wait a minute. You could say it means that you can't say these things 
without at least 10 men, but that doesn't cover women as well. It's just that the women right. can't. So what I mean to say is that women can't join in the minion. They can't be part of the tent. Okay, they can't make their own minion, but of course, of course, when they participate with the minion, when they, we're going we're to mention that, that when they participate in the minion, they have the benefits of whatever benefits the minion has. What do you want to say, Moishin? By this logic, the only people that should be allowed to constitute a minion is anyone between 20, uh, any male between 20 and 60 able to go to war. Why? Because any time, uh, and, and referring to all these people in the Torah, that's always what it says. It does, it says so they weren't going to war. Men, they weren't going all, to war. Yeah, but the Moroccan were all men between 20 and 60 able to go to war, which is always the people that the Torah kills. Yeah, but uh, so, they are, so he doesn't right. say that we're using every single detail from the issues because oh, they don't know. Oh, so who's deciding on convenience? Uh, I, I don't know. And so he does not explain that. For that matter, yes. And we could go all the way back and say, why weren't any women sent as far? We wouldn't have given bad reports. Perhaps me, but there's other, there are other, there are, Rabbi. It's true. It's true. So you can, you, you, there, I mean, it, it, we can ask these questions. And like I said, the reasoning might not be 100%, but at the same time, the, the Shulchan Aruch says men. He says, Zechorim. Mm -hmm. He says men. What are you going to do? He says the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch says men. Could include women. Oh. Now, so once again, I want to continue. I want to continue with the halacha. I want to continue with the halacha discussion before we get to the reasoning discussion, because once we get into the reasoning discussion, I'm afraid that that will be the end of, the, uh, of, the, of our discussion altogether. So let's, let's go look in, uh, let's go look in halacha. There is another, there is another possibility. Uh, there is another possibility. The, the, and the other possibility goes as follows. Until now, we are talking about full-fledged participants in the minion, meaning that each person that makes up the minion, that are these ten men, right, each one of them is equal stature, and each one uh, can replace the other in their stature as being the tenth man. As being the tenth man. Mm -hmm. However, there's some discussion in the Gemara Brachos on page 47b on um, whether or not, if you already have nine men, whether a, uh, whether a child, a minor, who is not bar mitzvah, can join and make the tenth man. Okay? So there is an Amoyer Rabbi Shopin lady who's of the opinion that a child who's not bar mitzvah can... Uh, can uh, make a minion. He can. He can. He can. Um, he can make a minion. So, the um, you know he can be the tenth man. If you already have nine men who are, if you already have nine men who are over bar mitzvah and are full of knowledge, full full knowledge of what they are doing, then he can finish and and make a tenth man. Okay, you know, he can be the number ten. A child who's not bar mitzvah. That's the that's what Rabbi Shulban Levi said. So now Tosos on the next page, on page 48a, quotes Rabbeinu Tam who paskins lahalacha like who paskins lahalacha like like this this opinion in the Gemara, meaning according to Rabbeinu Tam that a minor can participate in a minion can be the tenth man. That's what Rabbeinu Tam holds. So the Beis Yosef in the aforementioned source, number 55, has a very long discussion where he quotes different Rishonim that agree and disagree with Rabbeinu Tam. And in his quotation of the Rishonim, he quotes other Rishonim. Now, other Rishonim discuss the, the, the matter. For example, the Rosh. The Rosh quotes Rabbeinu Tam. Right? He quotes Rabbeinu Tam. And then the Rosh quotes um, Rav Hai. The, the Rosh quotes Rav Hai in, this, in, in the aforementioned place, Rav Haigon, right? He quotes Rav Haigon, the Rosh, and he says that Rav Haigon said that you cannot have more than uh, one person. It's fine. You can have one minor, but you cannot have two, right? That's, a, that's the opinion of uh, Rav Haigon, according, uh, according to the way that the Rosh quotes him. Rechain Peter's Rav Haigon the cotton oil in the minion asar that a, a minor can can be can do also he agrees with Rabbeinu Tam. The here the Haim Tam the Arminan. The reason for this is is because we say that even if the if the minor is is in a, in a, in a bed mitzdarif he can be continued in the minion. The call by asar is shchina shruya because all of the if you have ten people the divine presence comes like it says in the pasuk that we quote b'sochnei Yisrael amongst the Jewish people. 
There has to be nine, nine, nine full-fledged men. I would say, but more than one nut, right? That's what he uh, says, more than one nut. So he, he agrees with Rabbi Nutab, but he has a prescription that you can only have, you can only have um, one child, one minor participating in this minion, like we say, by a slave. It's not honor to heaven to include him, to include more than one, more than one slave, or more than one minor uh, for this being In other words, if I go on the same like this, that the reason why, the, the reason why, right, what's the, what's the uh, source of the verse that we said, or what's the verse that we're attaching it to? You will sanctify my name amongst the Jewish people. So that means when there was ten people, says Rav Haigon, God's name becomes sanctified, right? And those ten people are bringing the Shekhinah, they're bringing the divine presence to them. So if you have nine full-fledged uh, participant citizen, Jewish uh, citizen men, right, so then that, that brings the divine presence, even if one of them is a minor. But if you already have more than one, says Rav Haigon, that doesn't work, because it's not the the Shema, it's not, it's not honorable to heaven to say that the divine presence comes when you already have more than one minor in this minion. So Rav Haigon agrees with Rabbeinu Tam that you can have a minor participate in the minion, but he says you can't have more than one. The Beis Yosef, in his commentary, quotes the Balamor. The Balamor, whom other Rishonim disagree with, as we see, holds that you can have more than one minor also. He holds you can have uh, one, two, three minors, if you want, to make up the minion, if you have seven, if you have seven men. Okay? Now, what? No, see, they, they all agree that you have to have a majority, at least a majority. So you have to have six or seven and men. So have this is only like, and this is just to clarify, like I said before, until now we've been talking about full participants in the minion. These are not full participants, these are called snitsen. A snitsen means it's like an auxiliary member, right? So he can, he can, he can complete the minion, but, he, but he's not a full participant no, in the minion, and therefore he cannot make up the ten, he can only make up. He can only finish the ten. Oh. So therefore, you cannot have a meeting of all minors. You cannot have a right. You can't. You, you can't do that. Now, so <laughs> then the base Yosef also quotes a Mordechai, with which also people disagree with him too. He quotes a Mordechai in Brachos in the name of Rabbeinu Simcha. Rabbeinu Simcha says, because of Mordechai, Brachos says in Yud, b'shem Rabbeinu Simcha, the Eved, the Isha mitzat from the that not only can you have a minor, but he says you can also have a slave, and you can also have a woman to participate in in a minion with ten people. Right? He says, says Rabbeinu Simcha, says Rabbeinu Simcha, women can also act as a sniff. They can be an auxiliary member or, or ancillary. What's, what's the word? Ancillary. ancillary member. No, they cannot be. They cannot be a full-fledged member of a minion, but they can complete the minion if they are nine men. And so it says, Upashid who shazel defishid Rabbeinu Tam. And of course, Rabbeinu Simcha is is uh, explaining the Rabbeinu Tam, right? It must be the Rabbeinu Simcha is explaining the Rabbeinu Tam. That since Rabbeinu Tam, as you remember concludes, codifies the law according with Rabbi Shua ben Levi, Brachel 47b, that you can use a minor in order to complete a minion, it, and the Gemara never mentions women, so it must be the Rabbeinu Simcha understands that there's no distinction between minors and women regarding the halacha and their obligation in terms of completing a minion, and therefore they could be ancillary members of the minion, they could be a sniff. That's the opinion of Rabbeinu Simcha. We're still ancillary. What? We're so ancillary. Now, however, there, there is a caveat. He says here that Rabbeinu Tam himself, even though he passed like a Rishua ben Levi, that a minor can be a, a uh, that a minor can, can complete a minion, Rabbeinu Tam himself in practice never did it. Okay? So if Rabbeinu Tam in practice himself never did it, if Rabbeinu Simcha is going with the position of Rabbeinu Tam, says the Beis Yosef, or maybe the Mordechai, I didn't see it inside, Right, I don't see the the the, the base of inside. He says, therefore, Rabbeinu Simcha is also not going to. Uh, if Rabbeinu Simcha is going, if Rabbeinu Tam never did it, so then there's no basis to do it. Now, there are those that want to say like this. There are those that want to say the following, 
reason why at least women can't make a, a complete minion, but they can they can they can participate as ancillary members. Up to three or four women in a minion. They want to tell you this. If you take the position of Rabbeinu Tam, that a minor can be part of a minion of nine, and reject the opinion of Haigon that says you can only have one, and accept the opinion of the Balamor that says you can have three, and then accept the opinion of Rabbeinu Simcha that those three don't have to be minors, they can also be women. You, when you put these four, these three minor opinions together in this way, and we, and we discount the fact that Rabbeinu Tam himself didn't want to do it, we could say that at least three or four, four, four women can complete a minion if there are six men. And we're not dealing with issues of modesty or anything like that, but in terms of technical halacha, that's what they want to say. Now, of course, that's untenable. That's what? Untenable. That means that that's impossible because that is not according to the proper halakha methodology. Because the proper halakha methodology, you cannot take three positions which are of, in the minority, uh, fuse them together, and then make a halakha decision based upon it. No, especially. You just fuse it because you wanted to. But, but no, I'm, 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 I'm just espousing, the, uh, I'm espousing somebody else's opinion uh-huh. who, who wants to say that this is the logic behind of why you can make a, 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 a women's minion. And I'm saying that the reason why they're incorrect is because they're putting together three uh, opinions that are, that are that we, that we, all of them of which we don't paskin like. And not only are we not paskin like them, but he wants to put all three of them together. We don't paskin like right time at all? We don't paskin like right at time at all. As the Shulchan Aruch says in number four, like this. Says the Shulchan Aruch number four, specifically rejecting Rabbeinu Tam in 55.4 in the court of law. There are those that say that you can have a Davish Bigdusha with nine, with tier of cotton and a minus, who yoisim a ben sheish. And you can, he can be more than, as long as he's more than six years old, and he knows to whom you dive into. And all of the poskim do not agree to this opinion. Therefore, a woman and a slave also cannot participate in a minion. Hago. Says the Yaramah, However, a minor, if he's holding a chumash, there are some opinions that if you have no other choice, he could be, you, you can add him to the minion. He says his name in the rush. However, the Mishnah Berurah says, it's true that there are some opinions like that. However, um, however, at the end, he concludes the Mishnah Berurah, the Chavetz Chaim, he says, There are many achroinim that are, that are stringent. Shalom, it's out of shum, cotton. Not to add any minority, will be shalom, chak. Until he's 13 years old. So the controversy arises of whether or not we're going to use a minor with a chumash to in order to complete a minion. However, Rabbeinu Simcha's opinion, who, who says that, that, that uh, uh, women and minors are the same as far as being ancillary members of a minion, is not mentioned at all, and Rabbeinu Tam is rejected. So, as far as the halacha, the straight out halacha, if you open up the court of law, the Jewish court of law, the Shulchan Aruch, then you see that uh, even though there might be minor opinions which you confuse together against, uh, against the proper methodology and halachic process, as far as the final court of law is concerned, of course, that position is not untenable. Now, however, Rabbi Freeman says in his article, which is interesting to read, it's very, very detailed, and he says that it's not true that, according to all opinions, women can never participate in a minion. Actually, he says that there are three opinions as to women can participate in a minion or not. One opinion says that absolutely not. They cannot participate in a minion at all. And there are, there are, the second opinion though says that they can participate in a minion as long as they have an equal obligation as the men do regarding that minion. Right? Um, uh, for example, the reading of the Megillah. According to some opinions, the, uh, according to some opinions, maybe partial Zohar, right? If they have an equal obligation as men, then they can participate, they can make up that minion. There are some opinions that hold that. And there's a third opinion that says... But you don't need a minion to read the Megillah. What? You don't need a minion to read the Megillah. Uh, I think you do. Uh, uh, yeah, you do. Oh. The, the reading of the Megillah says on the day other than the 14th of other, or the 15th in both cities, right, is really requ- I think requires a minion. But... 
So then there's a third opinion that says that it depends what the minion is for. Is the minion in order to accomplish the task, or is the minion to publicize whatever was being done? So if it's to accomplish the task, then the women can't participate in the minion, whatever, whatever the, if it's a mitzvah to be done with a minion, uh-huh. right? But if it's a mitzvah not to be done with a minion, except that it's better to have a minion because it publicizes the mitzvah that's being done, in that case, the women can't participate. Now, all of this is not going to us for one simple reason, because I don't, I, I, we don't have the time to talk about anything other than the minion in the shul, because then it's going to be not related to our pasha, or because it's going to be anywhere different. <laughs> so it's not true. Women can participate in the minion, says Rabbi Framer, but not in the case that we are specifically talking about, that's talking about Kaddish, Shimon Esrei, and the davening uh, in a minion in the shul. What do you want to say, Rabbi? The order of shul for women that they have in Yerushalayim is un-halakhically? Okay, so now, now we have a choice. Now we have a choice. We can either continue with our discussion of halacha, or we can offer some reasons as to the logic, perhaps maybe that the rabbis would have had uh, regarding re- regarding um, not having uh, not having women participate in the minyan, or not being being able to be part of the minyan. So now, once you bring up the point, question. we'll give the answer. What? That's sort of a different question. Uh, uh, on what ten women deciding to make a quote minyan? It's not necessarily a lost minion. There's probably no reason why they can't. Right. Oh. So Rabbi J. David Blythe, in his uh, aforementioned uh, article, specifically addresses this issue. He, his issue is a very interesting one. It's, a, it's a, actually a sociological question, more than a uh, halachic, uh, more than a halachic question. Mm-hmm. Um, more than a halachic question and more than uh, um, an ethical question. It's more a sociological question. He wants to know that there has been uh, a start of women minyanim, where it's only exclusively women participating, and, and even though they perhaps maybe don't make a minyan like we just saw in halacha, but there's nothing wrong with it. The question he asks is, uh, why is it that all the rabbinical leaders are at best lukewarm about the idea, and at worst um, um, are against it? That's his question. Why do they, why do they not uh, endorse such a thing if women um, you know, are well-meaning, want to uh, have their own service to, uh, to pray to the Rabbana Shalom and uh, get together uh, as, uh, as uh, davening, with, uh, davening with a minion. Why, why did they endorse that? So he offers the following explanation. He says that Tzvila B'Sibor, davening with a minion, has a special status in halacha. Okay, special status in halacha is like this. Is that, for example, here's an example. Uh, the Gemara says in Tractate Rosh Hashanah, page 18a, the Gemara says that when a tzibur, when a congregation together does tshuva, Hashem accepts the tshuva regardless. Hashem accepts the tshuva, um, whether, uh, doesn't matter who participates in that, meaning not, not men and women, but it doesn't matter whether people are, if there are some non-righteous people that are a part of that minion, Hashem, Hashem, Hashem answers, Hashem answers them. The individual who does tshuva, Hashem doesn't always answer. The only time He answers, says the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, always is in the ten days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. During the ten days of Aseret Yimei Tshuva, Hashem always answers. The rest of the year, Hashem doesn't always answer. Sometimes He answers, sometimes He doesn't. When a person does tshuva, the person the forgives the person for do, you know when he does tshuva he accepts the accepts the person's tshuva. Well, I thought I thought tshuva automatically implies that the thing is gone. Right. So that's what the Gemara says. Take a look at the Gemara well, that, that page eighteen. Makes sense because if that was true, then on Yom Kippur everything would be hunky dory, but we know it isn't. Then because they, they say, oh, then you still have until Sukkot, and you still have until this, and you still have until nobody ever says that Hashem has forgiven you automatically. Nobody ever says that Hashem has forgiven you automatically. No, if, Just because you're, you're in a minion? No, the tzibur has been forgiven. Yeah, if you're, if you're part of the tzibur, yes. What? But not necessarily the individual. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Certain other, it depends on the, on the areas. But yes, there are certain other areas that individuals would not be forgiven for if it weren't for the fact that they were part of the tzibur. Certain things would be overlooked. So, so that's, that's one thing that he says. Another thing that he says is, for example, um, um, in the, the Shulchan Aruch in Simen Tzadi, in number 9, so 99, says that a person should always try to daven with a minion, right? 
Uh, and if they can't, they can't. Then the the Shulchan Aruch offers uh, solutions. And the Mishnah Berurah number twenty-eight says, because the Hashem is not more. Hashem is never disgusted with the davening of a tzibur of a congregation. Very funny. You have uh, congregations that are davening in a tzibur, nine out of ten. Of, well, no, a tzibur means nine. Tzibur means nine. It means ten men. Or assuming that they're davening properly, we're not we're not talking that they're that it's a dysfunctional tibur. But just being part of the minion says, doesn't automatically mean that. Oh, being oh. So now says Rabbi J. David Black, which is obvious, that when one is part of a minion, always one is part of a minion. Hashem always answers the minion, like the Mishnah Berurah says. And also, whenever they do tshuva, Hashem also accepts the tshuva of the tibur. So if a person is part of the part of the minion, their tshuva will always be accepted together with the congregation because they're just part of the congregation. So Hashem just you know, gives uh, gives the whole congregation a clean slate. We're it's talking like about somebody that sending care packages down from an airplane, and it just goes on everybody who happens to be in this gathering. That's right, exactly. Because if you come, you have power. You have power as a you have power as a group. You have power as a group. And when you're when you're part of the group, when you're part of the group, we discussed this at length. If you're if you have you're, when you have power of the group behind you, you're you're not looked as an individual. You're looked as part of a group. And as a part of the group, that's how you survive. Right. So it's like a union, exactly. It's like a union, exactly. So now it says Rabbi Blythe, says Rabbi Blythe that what happens is like this, is that if women, women who participate in a minion, even though they don't make the minion either in a full-fledged sense or an ancillary sense, get the benefits of whatever the minion achieves. They get the benefits of the tshuva, and they get the benefits of the of the of, of, of being forgiven, and that their tefillahs are never sent back by Hashem, like the Mishnah Brewer says. Wow. However, if they decide not to participate in the minion and instead have their own davening, even if they do it according to halacha, and they don't say Kaddish, and they don't say Baruch, and they don't say Shmon Esrei, and they don't say any of these things together as a minion, Chazar Sashat, right? Even if they decide to do that, they are not considered to be a seaboard, they're not considered to be a minion, they're considered as individuals who are dominating together, right? Oh, and so therefore, because, because the, minion, the minion is made up of ten men, right? So if the ten men are not there, anything else is ten individuals, women or minors, anybody. Saying according to, we're talking now from the halakhic perspective. Says Rabbi Bleich, says Rabbi Bleich, if that's the case, if that's the case, then what they are doing is, is that they're separating them so they don't have the benefit. If they decide to daven together, they can daven together. But if, as a result of them davening together, they miss the minion that's there on Yom Kippur, Shabbos, or Yom Kippur, whatever, then they're missing the benefit that the, that the, minion, that the minion provides to them. So he says like this. He says like this. I'm sorry that I'm, we started a few minutes late. I'm talking fast. Okay. But I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to answer. And I, don't want, I also want to... I can't believe. They say wherever there's a woman, it's like a cliquey bull. And when there's yeah. no women around, then men can say until tomorrow yeah. there is. But they're not there. Wait, wait. Let me just finish. I, I want to address your question. I want to address your question. I want to address your question. But let me just, let me just conclude his, 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 his logic. So he says like this. He says you can compare it to an investment. You can compare it to an investment. If let's say I gave you two opportunities for an investment, both, both opportunities for the investment were exactly the same, except that one didn't yield a guaranteed return, and another one yielded a, a minimum guaranteed return. Which one would you take? So obviously any investor, right, you don't have to invest. Some people don't have money to invest. Some people, even if they have money, they don't know how to invest. But let's say you have money, you know the know, you have the know-how, and you could invest. Which option would you pick? You would have to pick the one that's with the minimum return, right? So he says like this. In the analogy, if you, if you choose to daven by yourself, meaning with a group of people who are not, who are not full-fledged members that can, they can, they can, they can make a minion, then there's no guarantee on the investment. There might be, but it's not a guarantee. However, if they participate with a minion together, if they daven with them together, then there is a guarantee on the investment, there's always going to be a return. There's going to be reciprocity from Hashem, right? And so therefore, he says, the rabbis, some of the rabbis are lukewarm or despondent or opposed to the women's minion because they don't want to encourage them, the, the, the women to, miss to, step, to miss out on the opportunity of davening with a minion, right? Or they need the women around them to have their prayers being accepted well, by that's heaven. That's probably part of it. I'm sure that's part of it. Okay. So, so therefore he says, therefore he says, therefore he says, actual setup of a minion, in his opinion, by the women, excludes men. 
Why? Because now the men can't, since it doesn't qualify according to halacha as a minion, the men can't participate because we just saw in halacha that they're obligated to daven with the minion. How, right? So therefore, the act of saying that I want to make a minion by myself ex- excludes men from participating with that minion because they can't daven there when they have the opportunity to daven with the minion themselves. However, the women are not excluded from the men's minion because the men, right, because the, the, because the men make up a minion and the women get the benefit of that minion. So therefore, it's reversed in his, uh, in his words. I don't want to misquote him. And any misquote is actually my fault. So I take full responsibility. Right? What is he saying in his words? Uh, where is it? Okay, I think maybe we'll leave it out. What do you want to say, sir? What do you want to say, darling? I need, I need Christian Bohemian. Okay, what's that? Well, they say that women are the source of, um, um, people at home, and, uh, we are the ones who are, we are the vessels. Yeah. Of all the prayers to be, what? Of Kedusha, of, of holiness. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Is it without the women, men can pray and pray, but it's like dry land. Okay. Is there, there was one thing, one Let Doris say her opinion. Let Doris say her opinion. One minute. My question is, Maybe the men need the women around. That's why they don't want to have them praying by themselves. Because if they want to be around, the men's prayers will not be accepted fully in the heaven gift. Right. So, so the the answer is like this. The answer is like this. I, 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 you know, I, I must apologize that I, I'm trying to caution that there's two aspects to this discussion. One aspect of this discussion is the halacha, and I'm just trying to in the first part, which is already towards the end, just to present what the halacha says. Right, and so the second part is is not the halacha. The second part is the reason behind the halacha. So the the issue that you're bringing up is the issue that you're bringing up is 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 the reasoning behind it. The the halacha is just saying that when you when you when you have a uh, um, according to the parameters, according to the definition, is a tibor, meaning a minyan. Right, when you have that, then the minyan has these benefits. Now you're saying that it's because of the men. I'm not saying that. I never said that. It's not because of the schus of the men that the minyan gets answered. It's the minyan, that the men that comprise, that make the minyan, right? Now, once they make the minyan, it's not because they're men they're getting answered. It's because according to the halachic qualification, they are now defined as a minyan. They become a group of people, according to halacha, and a group of people has much more force than one individual. So it is nothing necessarily to do with their men quality is why that they are answered. So therefore, the point that you're bringing up, that perhaps maybe the men are getting answered because of the women, is anyway true. Because that might be the reasoning behind it. I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, Bailey, what do you want to say? No, I'm saying there was some robber or another who wouldn't even stop it if there weren't women in there just nothing. He would just say... This is not a kosher that doesn't invalidate. That, yeah. that doesn't invalidate what anything Before we say the reasoning, I just want to quote Rabbi Frimer regarding these reasons because uh, this extensive uh, source Don't material. Watch, but the preface that I want to say is like this. <laughs> the preface I want to say is like this: is that from our classes before, if you want to listen, we have them online. From our classes before, there the 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 issue, the the the, the crux of the issue, the 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 uh, the main part of the issue is is that the Torah says the truth. And the truth is, right, is that no person is the same. Men are not created equal, right? Women are not created equal, and men and women are not created equal. That's the truth. And the tr- it is, it is it, nobody believes. It is pseudo-intellectualism, as my, re- my Rebbe would say, to, to believe 
that all men are created equal, or that all women are created equal, or that all men and women are created equal. There's no such thing as equality. Each person has their own unique set of talents, personality, that contribute to their particular situation and their particular environment and their circle of influence. It's pushed that way. You take, take a look at that in any situation. Look at government. There is a president, there are senators, there are representatives, there are secretaries. Each one has a role that they play with their unique set, set of talents. Look at a football team. There's a quarterback, there's a defensive lineman, there's a running back, there's a cornerback, there's a coach, there's an assistant coach, there's a trainer. Each one has their role, and it, that, that's the role that they play. Look at, uh, look at uh, um, theater. In theater, you have the main actor, the supporting actor, you have the, the props, the lighting, right? Everybody plays their role. Nobody mixes with the role and say, I am equal to you, therefore I'm going to do what you do. No. Everybody recognizes that I have a specific... If you put in a, gr a group of people together in a room, 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, right, and, and, the, and you, you, you put them on a desert island, each one will develop a specific role that they are able to contribute. Some people are funny. Some people are serious. Some people are, are good at math. Some people are not good at math. Some people are um, strong. Some people are weak. Right? Every, some, some people are caring. Some people are cerebral. cerebral. Everybody has a different, uh, and the same thing with men and women. The Torah delineates roles for both men and for women. And, and that doesn't speak about that one is lesser than the other. One is more important than the other, right? And it doesn't, it, it doesn't um, deride or, or make fun or put, put down the other just because they have a different role. But the Torah is not going to say that each has the exact same role. So if the motivation, if, 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 if there is a law that says that men do this and women do that, men are high in this mitzvah and women are, are, are high in that mitzvah, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are being put down or made into second-class citizens, both the men and the women, right? So the question is, what's the motivation that somebody wants to be part of a minion, right? What's the motivation that somebody wants to be part of a minion? Is it because they feel that they want to be equal? So if they feel that they want to be equal, so then that's not, that's not according to the way of the Torah. If they feel that, that's the, that this is the only way that they can express, that they can express uh, the service of Hashem, so then they have to look inside themselves and see if that is necessarily true, right, or not. And then the discussion can begin. So given that, given that the reasons behind um, or the motivations of the rabbis, we don't know because they didn't outline them. They only said the halacha, as we saw this evening, right? But we can speculate on some of the reasons, which may be valid, which may not be valid. But they're, necessarily, they're not necessarily deriding or, 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 or putting anybody down. They are just delineating different roles. And those roles are important in some cases, as, as, as Dora pointed out, more important than the men's role, right? So having given that introduction, Rabbi Thomas is like this. A variety of explanations have been offered. Uh, this is in section C of his article. A variety of explanations have been offered as to why the sages chose not to allow women to constitute a minion. In the particular case that we're talking about, a minion in a shul. Right? The Sefer Hamazbir suggests that Chazal simply followed the Torah's lead, which refrained from counting women in any of the various censuses. Women are not counted in the censuses, so therefore they're not counted in a minion. That's the opinion of Right, uh, the Sefer Hamazbir, which doesn't really give a reason. It's just that the rabbis decided to follow what the Torah does. They mimicked what the Torah, what, what, uh, in their case, what they did. Rabbi Yosef Engel maintains that the concept of community is dependent on inheritance and possession of land of Israel. For land is what ultimately binds individuals together into a community. Since women do not participate in the inheritance of the land, they do not constitute a community according to halacha. So I was thinking of that when he says that I didn't see Rabbi Yosef Engel inside, unfortunately. My assumption would be is that the notes are an exception. No, they were, well, they were an exception at the time, but they also set a precedent. Right. So you would have to say that this is, they set, they set a precedent, but the default is, is that the men are the ones who are getting inheritance, right? Rabbi Gidal Yefelder suggests that in order to be part of a community, one must be totally available at any moment for the services to the community. Okay. Women, however, generally have prior obligations to their husbands and families. The principle of uniformity, Lopruk, rules out the inclusion of unmarried women. So therefore, he says, that it's just not the role of women. 
right? Just not the role of women. Men are more out there. Women are uh, taking care of, like Dora pointed out, right? Are making sure that uh, that, the, that the men, the families, are able to pro- function properly, right? And uh, because they have, the, they are absolved from this obligation altogether, because uh, that would be that that would take away from their role in general, as a as a group. Rabbi Moshe Meiselman discusses meaning in light of role playing in Jewish life. He offers the opinion that men have been delegated to a more public role, which is, this is similar, necessary for the constitution of a minion, whereas women have been delegated more private roles. This is the intention of the word Kvod Abbas Melech Pnima in Psalms 45:14. All the honor of the king's daughter is within. Right? So therefore, since a, uh, a minion is a public role, and women are delegated more private roles than... than, than uh, than uh, public roles. Therefore, as a, as, as a rule, the rabbis chose not to include them in this minion. Now, these might be reasons. They might be all reasons together. Some of them might be reasons. There might be more reasons. I don't know. But the answer lies somewhere in between, uh, somewhere in the answer as to why or why not they can participate is, lies in the deep understanding of what is the job, I guess, or what is the role of men. According to Judaism, what is the role of women according to Judaism? But that doesn't say that's not going to change the reasoning, it's not going to change the halacha. Right? That's what the halacha is, so, uh, unfortunately. But it, it's, not, it's not meant to say that women are any less. Chazal, honestly, is not, not of that opinion. Anyway, so what, uh, any more questions about this? I'm sorry for, uh, for being so fast. By the reasoning that men take the public roles, or women take the private roles, that means the secretary should all be men. Yeah, so, you know, what does it mean a public role? Let's define exactly what a public role means. Okay, the other thing is by the reasoning that the Torah uh, goes out of its way never to count the women, only the men. The Torah goes out of its way only to count the men who are uh, capable of being in the armed force between 20 and 60. So again, right, you're still we're 20 and 60. You're still going on. Well, that's why I, I thought that coming. Right. No, I hear you. I hear so you. So why does a 13-year-old boy uh, make up a name? But it's not the only. Re- it's not the only place that we derive from. We also derive from other places too. We also derive from other places too that uh, that it, that it should be men instead of women. Yeah. You're making a good point. Lamaisa, it's a very emotional issue. <laughs> well, Rabbi, very emotional what's issue. Very controversial here? issue. What's his name? The guy who wrote the point of our discussion is the point of our discussion is only to only to explain the halacha and also to familiarize ourselves with the issues, mm-hmm. what's being talked about, in order to understand what the issues are. Yeah. In order for us to really have the idea of how the halachic process works in this decision making. And the reasoning behind it, we would have to allow more time to this discussion. Yeah. All right, it's great. Have a good job. Can you please go back to the part where men are obligated uh, for a minute?